0: For free training on how to publish a book that sells 10,000 copies, go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. Hey, Chandler Bolt here, and joining me is Wahida Clark. Uh, Wahida is a four-times New York Times bestselling author. Uh, She's uh, been working with us at Self Publishing School. Um, She's written over a dozen books, uh, and her novels uh, include the wildly popular Thug series, Um, She's got an amazing story. She started writing while in prison, which we're going to talk about, which I think is just unbelievable. So cool. Um, She does amazing work in this space. uh, She's created successful fiction series, raving fans. So, we're going to be talking about that. So, how do you create raving fans uh, in a series? Uh, And how how do you get the New York Times uh, four times? So, Wahida, welcome. Super excited to have you here.
1: Thank you for having me, Chandler. Thank you for doing what you do. If you look back down the shelf, I have two copies of published back
0: there. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. Hey, so let, let's just dive straight in. Like, wh- why did you decide to write your first book? And walk us through your story. I mean, you started writing while in prison and then four to four times New York Times bestselling author. Like, walk us through why start writing a book. What did that process look
1: like? Sure. Um, I I was li- I was living in Georgia. I worked for this advertising firm. So when they came after the advertising firm, uh, they kept when they busted in the doors. They said, "Do you have the girl? Do you have the girl?" And I'm wondering who's who's the girl they're talking about. They were talking about me because I was one of the I was the top salesperson. So we took it to trial we lost and I was sentenced to serve 10 and a half years in federal prison. So once I got into prison and when you're in the federal system, they, you know, they, you have to wait till you get sentenced and everything. And then they send you to your destination so you can start doing your time. So I sat in Arizona for like nine months to a year and they finally sent me to my destination, which was Lexington, Kentucky. So once I got to Lexington, Kentucky, I'm like, okay, this is real. This is happening. I have to accept it. Wahida, drill down and do what you got to do. So I called home one day and I said to my family, send me some money. She said, Wahida. We'll see what we can do. I said, what do you mean you'll see what you can do? I left money there, I left businesses. What do you mean? She said, we are, you're gone. There's no one left to run your businesses. You're not here to hold everybody down. Actually we're packing up as we speak. You lost your house, you lost your vehicles. No one's running your business. So we got your two daughters. So we'll see what we can do. So I hung up from that phone call. Of course I cried then I prayed my job at the prison everyone in federal prison has to work unless you have a dire medical permission slip (laughs) so my job was I was I taught computer classes in the evening and I worked at the library slash law library in the in the morning eight to like one so after I made that cry and that prayer A day later, I'm sitting in the uh, library and I'm looking through a magazine. And the magazine had an article, it was a sidebar of a guy who was in prison and it said that he had written a book called Be More Careful. So I did a double take. I said, wow, this guy is in prison and he wrote a book. Cause you know, mind you, I'm thinking about, okay, I gotta make some money. It costs money to live in prison. You got to pay to buy your soap powder, pay to wash your clothes. It just costs money. And then I said, when I get out, I got to have a nest egg. You know, how am I going to get a job? So my mind had been reeling. So when I saw this article of this guy that was in prison and he wrote a book, that's when I had my light bulb moment. I'm like, wow, I'm sitting here in prison and I'm working in the library. So I start looking at all the books on the shelves and I start visualizing my name, Waheeda Clark, on the spines of the book. And that's when I said, okay, I'm going to write me a book. So, lo and behold, after you put it out there in the universe, uh, a sheet of paper goes up, a memo goes up on the board, and it says, creative writing course, sign up. I'm like, creative writing course, wow. So I signed up. I had already started writing, but I took the writing course and the rest is history.
0: Wow. And so you took the creative writing course, you started writing, like what did the process look like? How long did it take okay. you to finish the first book? Was it- Right, so
1: now look, in the federal books. prison, we didn't have computers. There was a yeah, little raggedy it. typewriter. So I had to handwrite my book on yellow legal paper. So that's what I did. I, hand, I started writing on yellow legal paper. In the meantime, I'm taking this creative writing course and she's telling me, you know, get the Literary Marketplace, the Writer's Digest, start sending out query letters, start doing this and that and the other, blah, blah, blah. In the meantime, I'm still writing. So while I'm writing on this yellow paper, I have the inmates reading the chapters as I write them. Then all of a sudden the people start waiting for me at the library, I opened at eight o'clock, they would be down at the library waiting to get the next chapter. So of course that was inspiration. So I kept writing. The creative writing course said, you write the literary market, you find your agent. I started writing agents. Um, I got rejection letters, which was fine. I was just happy to get some mail, and just happy to get a (laughs) rejection letter. So I just kept on writing. And by the way, when I came home, one of those agents, uh, Mensa Baron Agency, she had sent me a rejection letter. When I got home from prison, I was invited to New York to sit on a panel, and it was some big witch, some big dog, Tali and and some other people. And she was in the audience and she came up at the end and introduced herself to me and I was like, wow, you're the one that sent me the rejection letter and I end up hiring her. She ended up being my second literary no agent way. and she's still my agent to this day. And that was back in um, uh, maybe like 2010, maybe. So, but anyway, so I took the, uh, the writing course in prison. I got my little certificate. I sent out the query letters, I got rejections. Then one night I'm in my cell reading uh, because the writing course instructor, she was an inmate and her her uh, profession on this outside world was a literary agent. So that's why she had the interest of doing a creative writing course. So she has said, "Why, you gotta read the books that you wanna write. Uh, the genre that you want to write you need to start reading those books. So I had been reading these books by Carl Weber and they were awesome Good I just slammed it shut So I wrote them dear Carl, my name is Wahita Clark. I don't even have a book title yet. What do you think? Just mailed the letter, wasn't expecting to hear back from him he wrote me back and said he had just started a publishing company and for me to send me the manuscript. So remember, I had handwritten on all this yellow legal paper. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I'm scrambling to get the pages copied because the marketplace said you don't mail out your only copy to your book. So the, the inmate copy machine was broke. So I began asking the guards, the kitchen staff, the assistant ward whoever I can find, please make some copies of a copy of these pages so I can send this book home so my family can type it up. So I was able to get the book typed up for my family. They sent it to Carl Weber and that's when I got my first publishing deal right out the back. So the first publisher that I ever wrote, they signed my books. But lo and behold, that same publisher, a year when I got my first royalty check, while in prison, $25,000, that bad boy bounced. So that was a story with that publishing company. But let me backtrack. So I got my, it was, it was awesome to get the book published. The book came in the mail because I had got free orders from all the inmate girls. They was all waiting because in the acknowledgments, all the, all the prison staff who helped me get the copies, they said, all right, Miss Clark, as long as you put me in acknowledgments, I'll make some copies for you. Give me a shout out. I said, done deal. So they would make the copies. I sent them out, put them in acknowledgments. So got my books finally in the mail. My first book, of course, an awesome feeling. But shortly after that, I get called to the lieutenant's office. So I walk in there and they're holding up my book. I'm like, oh, my gosh, what is going on? So they wanted to know why and how I was able to get published while in prison. (laughs) I'm like, duh, you guys gave a creative writing course. I took the course. I got the certificate. I did what I was supposed to do, and I was able to get published. So they sent me back. The next morning, they called me over again to the lieutenant's office. I'm like, oh, my gosh, what do they want now? This time, there was two of them sitting there, and they were sitting there with handcuffs. They said, we're going to have to take you to the hole slash solitary confinement while we investigate how you was able to get this book published, written, typed, published on our watch. I'm like, guys, I told you. You guys gave the writing course. I did what it said to do. I sent the pages home, blah, blah, blah. They said, well, you got you list our officers in here. Did any of them give you money or did you give them? I said, no, just like it says in acknowledgments, because of the raggedy behind inmate copy machine, I thank you guys for making these copies for me. So they said, well, Miss Clark, we're going to have to put you in a hole while we investigate how this was to take place. So they put me in the hole for nine months. But during that time, I was able to start a whole new series because the first series was the Thug series. The second series was the Payback series. So I was able to start that while I was in the hole. And another good thing about the hole, where they kicked me out of Lexington, Kentucky, they said I couldn't never come back there. And they sent me to Alderson, West Virginia. And of course, when Martha Stewart came through, I was there. I had her look at, by this time, I had Essence Magazine bestsellers, US Day to Day bestseller. I was a celebrity inmate superstar. (laughs) So, (laughs) so, with that said, and look, while I was in the hole, Chandler, I had noticed that a lot of the girls, they had pen pals. And it was right in these other prisons which in the federal system you can't do they were writing these other prisoners and they had not only one two they had like nine ten fifteen pen pals so i immediately got on the phone i said guys you gotta send me some flyers so they sent me some flyers so i gave them to everybody who was writing all these pen pals throughout all the prisons and then that's how really my book really start taking wings and flying so but with that said once my book started getting popular throughout all the prisons in the country, inmates started sending me mail. They started sending me manuscripts, wanting to know how they could do what I did. Which got me in trouble again because they called me. I, I was even though I was in office in West Virginia, they called me to the lieutenant's office. They'd having all this mail. They said, "Miss Clark, you can't run a business while you are in." Our facility. That is the rules. You cannot run a business. I said, I'm not running a business. My address is in the back of the book. And so people are writing me. So I got in trouble again. This time they didn't put me in a hole, but I just lost my, uh, court, my uh, living quarters. I lost my phone privileges and my email privileges and my mail privileges. So that went on for a couple of months. And So that's the story of me writing while in prison. But while I was in prison, I landed my literary agent. I landed two major publishing deals, one with um, Kensington first, and the second deal was with Hachette Publishers. So I had two of the big five uh, while I was in prison. So when I came home from prison, that's when I got my big deal with Simon & Schuster, who had uh, cash money content, cash money of the guys... uh, who have the uh, Little Wayne, Nicki Minaj? They yeah, wanted to yeah. get into the publisher. arena, so they, they, got, they reached out to me to launch their fiction division. And from yeah. there, that's when I had my first three New York Times bestseller. I had one, and then with them, I got three more. So oh. that's what happened with that. So that's so, my story. Had, so how many, how many books did you
0: publish while in prison? When I stepped
1: was- out of prison in June of 2007, I had seven books published. Oh, my gosh.
0: And had, you, know. already hit, had know, you already and I hit?
1: I know. I thinking, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. Had,
0: had you already hit New York Times while in prison? Nope.
1: That was when I got home. As soon as I got home from prison, yeah. that was my first New York Times hit. But inside, at the time, Essence Magazine, they was doing a monthly sellers mm. list. So I was on that list just about every month. The USA Today. Then it was another list called Blackboard or Black Board Black something so it was those lists that i was frequently on during my prison bed and
0: then and then how many how many books would you say you sold while in prison
1: while in prison you know what i don't even know but i i I, maybe by the time i got home i definitely was at the million mark by the time i got home
0: no um, way
1: close to it or close to it um yeah a lot of the stuff wasn't even Calculate, because like I said, the first company, they went under my first royalty check of $25,000 bounced, So I had to get a whole new uh, publishing company and then they would bootlegging the books and sell. It was just our industry and my niche is very unique.
0: Yeah, for sure. And we'll talk about that in just a little bit. So, man, how how did you sell so many books? I mean, because I mean, obviously you've sold even more or even more books since then, but like, what did you do to market the books? I guess, I mean, starting from the first seven, I mean, first seven books while in prison, like how did you market those books? You said- I know, I I remember
1: um, uh, the publicist at Hachette Publishing, Linda Duggins, big shout out to Linda, she's awesome. I think she's still there as well. She worked with a lot of the big authors. Um, She said, "Wahida, you sold more books behind that jail cell then we had people out here in the streets. For me, I believe it was twofold or threefold. Number one, the story resonated with my audience. I know my demographic. I know my audience, so they love the story. They love the characters. Then the prison system is a very powerful network, very powerful network. And you do something good in the prison that the people love, it just goes on and just flourishes out to the outside because the people inside have to call home, send me this book. Then their people is reading the book. So it was just bananas. And also the genre that I was writing in, street lit, I got in at the top. I was one of the forerunners, forefathers or mothers of that genre. So that also was key. Hey, Chandler Bolt
0: here. I hope you're loving this episode so far. It's time to go from inspiration to implementation. All right, so if you've learned something, we wanna help you implement what you've learned with your book. So what I want you to do right now is go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a publishing consultation with one of the experts on my team. We'll talk about your goals for your book, your dreams, your challenges, your next steps, and we'll start putting together a plan. All right, so go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a call with the team. Let's see how we can help with your book. It's time to implement. Mm, that's interesting. Now, now, talk to me about, uh, you know, kind of what, how, how did you know, hey, this is my avatar, um, kind of create that genre, and then ultimately turn the book into just a, a wildly popular series. Like, how did you do that?
1: Okay. Now, for me, knowing my genre and my avatar, I was in prison, and my husband, when I first told my husband, I first got that light bulb moment, I had wrote my husband, because he's an author, but he writes not stuff like me, I write the smart, he writes the good stuff. So he was like, "Wahita, if you're going to write for money, then you have to write what the establishment's buy from us. And that's the pimping, the drugs, the murder. He said some Donald Gowen's Iceberg Slim stuff. Now Donald and Iceberg Slim, my mother used to have those books on her bookshelf when I was in junior high school. I used to go sneak the books and sneak them out of her room. We used to read them in school, me and my girlfriends in the back of the class, study hall, whenever we could sneak and read the books. So I just started writing in that genre. I, I just knew that demographic. That was my avatar and that's Seem to work.
0: Yeah, and so how, like, how did you turn that into a series? Like, how did you go from one book to a series, and what was kind That's of the thought very process behind good that?
1: Question, Chandler, because, and this is what my husband said, because uh, he said, new writers, they all they they can never stop themselves from writing. It goes on and on and on. So, my first book, Thugs and the Women Who Love Them, when I sent that to the publisher, Carl Weber. That was his only critique, that it was too big. He said, "Wahida, you're gonna to have to chop this book down, it's too big. I said, no way am I chopping that book down. So we end up having a part one and then a part two, every thug means a lady. So I just happenstance uh, fell upon writing a a series, of part one and a part two, which in my genre, I was the first one in my genre to do a series. So um, that's how that happened. And after I cut it to part one and part two, then I had to do the part three and the part four and the part five and the part six and the part seven.
0: Yeah, and and so, I mean, was that based on it, it was just selling so well that you're like, okay, let's continue the story. Did you yes, always they, plan they to have loved,
1: seven books, or they love those characters, they love the storyline, and it's four girls and four guys, so all of them have their, their they have their own personalities, their own lives, so they just wanted more of those characters.
0: Mm, so you didn't plan on making it a full series from the start. Nope. You just, oh, interesting. And so how, how do you do that? How do you go from writing one storyline to then teasing out? So for, for someone listening who's maybe thinking, oh, I've got a book or two, or maybe they've published it and they're thinking about, uh, you know, kind of transferring to a series. How do, you, how do you keep that going and not feel like, oh man, I've, I've written everything I could write about here. Like, let's start a different series or let's write in a different, you know,
1: different characters, like all that. Right, because uh, I had to do that for, for Payback, but the other series is Payback. When I was in a hole, um, it's, to me it's inspiration. And you'd have to know from the beginning that you want to drag it out and turn it into a series. So that always helps if you have that in your mind. Unfortunately, I didn't have that in my mind. I just said, look, this, is, this book is big. I'm not gonna cut anything. You just have to turn it into two parts. But the Payback series, while I was in a hole, I noticed the characters that were coming, I mean, these were some, I was in a federal women's camp. So they don't have solitary confinement on the premises. They send you to the local county jail. So they sent me to the local county jail where we were locked down 24, 23 hours a day, seven days a week. And it was like in this bubble, real cold. So that's how I met the other girls. So a county jail, all types of people, constantly, like a revolving door every weekend. It's, I mean, all types of people, and these people were colorful. So that's why I got the inspiration to start the new series, Payback is a Mother, from the characters that was coming in the county jail. And so, since that already had a part one and part two to the Thug series, uh, I said I was going to do the part one and then another part two to the Payback series. Now, the Payback series, I had after the third one or the second one, I said, there's nothing else I can do. But it was the inmates, the girls on the inside said, no, Wahita, there is more that you can do. Oh. So that's what made me, that would inspire me to add two more books to it. So now the Payback series yeah. is four books. But I didn't see it. Yeah. It took, sometimes it takes take your readers to tell you there's yes. more. I was like, I, and yes. I argue back and forth. I'm like, no, there is no. They said, yes, there is some more. So I didn't even realize it.
0: And that's such a great takeaway for people. And I mean, talk about getting to know your readers. You were literally living with them, <laughs> exactly. and they're giving you feedback every. Exactly. And they're re- they're reading the book. They're giving you feedback. So it's just like such a. I mean, talk exactly. about turning lemons into lemonade. It's 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 you're you're living in it, and you're getting real time feedback, which I'm sure has just made the book so much better. Yes, it's, turn into like wow, that's so awesome. What um, how do you? Any tips for people who are writing series as well on like how do you keep people engaged in reading through the series because i I looked at on your books on amazon it 's like four hundred and something reviews four hundred something reviews four hundred something like every book it feels like from a reviews perspective, which i know that 's not you know they've they 've probably sold at different levels but but from a reviews perspective, it's like, man, this, this, it's not like, you know, you go and look at a bunch of series and it's like book one, a thousand reviews, book two, 500 reviews, book three, a hundred reviews. But you know, it's just like, it feels like that, that. And I know that Bella on my team has said, well, he is just unbelievable at creating raving fans. And so any tips on creating raving fans? And then, and then also like how do you get people to keep reading throughout the entire series? Uh, for me,
1: two things have worked for me. Um, your story. You have to have that compelling story that your, your avatar just, just died, just got to have, I just got to have more, I got to have more. And when you have that, then it's once you, your avatar raises their hand and introduces themselves to you, you got to engage and you got to keep them engaged. That's the only two things that work for me.
0: Nice. And how do you do that? Like any, any tips um, for other fiction writers on, on how to, how to, keep, how to you know, keep the story flowing and then how to keep
1: the engagement up? Well, to keep the story flowing, like I said, you have to know in your head and you talk to your readers and you listen to your readers on whether you can keep the story going or not or end it because they will tell you when to end it. They will tell you, all right, did this, this is right, we're done with it. Or they'll tell you to keep going, so I listen to my readers. And as far as the engagement, uh, I answer their emails and their fan, their, their letters and their fan mail, and try to do the social media. Is you just have to, you just have to engage. Simple as that. You can't. I just um, uh, a new author wanted. I talked to today. Uh, Oh, yeah, okay, right. It's one of my old authors who has a new book. He wrote two fiction books. Now he just finished his first nonfiction book. So I said, his name is Mr. Adams. So I said, look, I said, bottom line is, because he was like, should I put a picture in there? I said, it all depends. But listen, you're doing a nonfiction book, you're going to have to be ready to work. You can't just write the book and think it's just going to sell. You have to set up your game plan. You have to set up the strategy. You have to set up your social media posts. You have to set up a fan page on Facebook. You're going to have to be out there engaging with the people. You have to get the eyeballs. If you get eyeballs, you'll get some engagement. And that's that's all. That's, it's no, It doesn't get no simpler than that. You just have yeah. to engage and just talk to your people and be available for the people even if it's just once or twice a week you have to be available and engage with your readers and be active on social media that works for me I don't know what works for other people but that was that's my formula
0: so engaging with the audience constantly getting feedback that's great
1: what um any any
0: tips like uh, you I mean it seems like you know your niche you know your audience like just so well, and you write to that audience, and it seems like you've been very intentional about, okay, I wanna write books in this genre to my target avatar, and it's, and it's a very specific avatar. Like, mm-hmm. ha- have you ever thought about going outside of that? Or it seems like there's some intentionality, which it, it, it like, it, it, there's, it, it, like, why, such, why stay in that genre and really focus on that niche?
1: That is such a wonderful question. I'm glad you brought it up, because this pandemic, this pandemic has, because you know we have the publishing company. While I was in prison, everybody was sending me manuscripts, so I end up forming my own publishing company, Waheeda Clark Presents Publishing. And right before Martha Stewart left, I said, Martha, you got to look at my business plan. I need you to look at my business plan before you step out of here, which she did. So now, Waheeda Clark Presents Publishing. During this covid this pandemic. It's crazy. So I I, I just was telling somebody last night, like we had a, a chalkboard with all this writing on it. So we erased the whole chalkboard, took a clean cloth, wiped it all down, and now we're writing on it brand new. So what we've done, I've just hired a team, and I just during the pandemic, I penned Emperors and Assassins, a fantasy title. I also Penned loners another fantasy title Um, then we just brought on some new authors, of a, a black sci-fi african-american sci-fi writer So that's we set up a whole new imprint Um, and we just pulling in different giants, but I am now and I just released my new erotica book Don't mess with the quiet chick. I just released that yesterday. That just re- released yesterday. So now i'm into erotica and fantasy holy cow how so do you I do
0: did,
1: it all i don't know chandler i really don't know definitely the team me by myself yeah. it ain't happening it's the team yeah yeah so at what point did at, at what point and did we you... have some nonfiction stuff some you know the celebrities yeah. i got some yeah. celebrity books that we are releasing as well
0: that's awesome At what point, because it reminded me, like at what point did you come into the self-publishing school world? How did you find us? Like, why did you decide to start working with us?
1: Uh, I don't even remember when I stumbled upon the self-publishing school, but it was a while ago. Then I fell off and then got an email something and I wanted to get back. That's when me and uh, my assistant, we flew out to the Mm -hmm. training. And what I liked, what caught my attention was self-publishing school is the systems that you have in place because you guys do what i was trying to do because with my lot of a lot of authors and small publishers they reach out for me to publish them and whatnot but their books doesn't fit what i do or their work ethic doesn't fit the way we hustle and Mm. grind. so we set up what's called w clark distribution where you give us the titles you know because a lot of will uh consult with you on your cover design your interior and everything and getting it out there on listed on amazon and the distribution so when i saw self-publishing school with you guys do i said oh my gosh that's it's just so perfect cookie cutter that's what i was hoping i said when i came i said okay we're going to have to combine you guys i need to use you guys for the back end and i just bring in the customers and uh like that so That's how I came upon Self-Publishing School. You guys have very good content, which I do use and implement, but um, when I really saw the system that you had, I was like, oh my gosh, this is it right here.
0: That's cool, that's awesome. And and so you you guys heard about Author Advantage Live and you came to Author Advantage Live in Austin, Texas last year, and then we worked together as part of the accelerator. What would have been kind of like, What have been your top two or three takeaways or biggest things that you've learned kind of since we've been working together?
1: My my two top takeaways is, again, your system, how you have everything in place for the independent author or small publisher. Everything is in place, I mean, from A to Z. The other thing was the people that you have on your team. Awesome, motivated, uh, just always on point. That's my type of people. So those were yeah. the things that have you, you know, up there for me.
0: Cool. That's awesome. And it sounds like you're building an amazing team uh, as well, which is just cool. And I'm learning from out. you guys. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Check out um, I don't know if you've ever checked this out or I feel like I maybe mentioned it to you, um, but Seven Figure Principles podcast and, and the Seven Figure Principles show just as as you're growing it's it's a kind of a side podcast that's just a fun fun side project but it's like the principles and systems that i use to to grow and scale my company and i teach a lot of things there seven principles
1: i will check that out seven figure principles Principles podcast podcast. yeah seven figure
0: principles podcast there and then also seven figure principles show is kind of the youtube version just depending on whether you like video or audio better but that's kind of on both places. Uh, awesome. well, cool. Hey, it's it's been it's been inspiring seeing your growth, Wajita. It's amazing. You you are such an inspiring person. Um, what what uh, I'd I'd love to just ask a couple final questions. Sure. What would be your parting uh, parting tips or or pieces of advice? So, like knowing what you know now. So imagine all the other Wahidas out there listening to this, uh, and 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 knowing what you know now to to the Wahida that was like pre book number one. What would be your advice for folks who want to create a successful fiction series and who want to write their first book?
1: Uh, Study the craft, master the craft. Um, Because writing is a craft. And one of my favorite books on writing is called Immediate Fiction by Jerry Cleaver. So everybody that writes fiction on my team, I make that a mandatory read. I don't know, because it's my style, and to me, I have a, what ADD they call it, you know, if I don't, if you don't get me in the first five, ten pages of the book, then you don't have me, and that's how I write, and I expect, and that's what the people who read my books expect to write, because it was so challenging with the publishing company and my books, getting my readers to read the books that I published, that was a huge obstacle, so uh, study the craft, write, and that's that's the main thing. Study the craft and write. That's
0: awesome. I hate that's amazing. I'm um, such a great interview. Uh, final question: Where can people go to find about find out more about you,
1: find about your uh, find your books, uh, and, and yes. what you're up to? Fantastic. I'm everywhere. Um, books are sold, but go to the website wclarkpublishing.com Um, all the books there, everything is on my website that I'm doing is on the website, Um, has the links to all the books. Um, We have new authors coming out. One of my nonfiction authors, her show, her son's show It's a mystery that's coming out on bounce TV and court TV on November the 1st. Uh, It's called um, dying to be famous. So that's going to be interesting and also have some other celebrity clients and just, the new stuff is the Dagon sci-fi and erotica yeah. and, and my podcast show that um, I'm finalizing. So I'm, I'm just doing a lot, uh, Chandler. <laughs> I can't keep yeah, up. But that's why team, having <laughs> a yes. good solid team around you is key.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, people that work like you work. And like Maya Angelou says, if someone shows you who they are, Believe it. So a team is—you got to have a solid team. Have your doc, your paperwork together, your contracts, your legal papers. Have that stuff intact. That's one thing I learned as well. And that um, I, I thought it was one of the things I forgot what it was. But okay, so team study the craft. And just yeah. treat people the way you want it to be treated and do good business because you do good yeah. business and treat people right. It comes back to you.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Wahita, you're awesome and super inspiring. Thank you so much for,
1: for, for coming on. Thank you for having me. And I look forward to getting with you guys again and checking out the Seven Principle podcast. I'm looking yeah. forward to that. Now you've got me really hyped now. Because I'm all about systems and, and getting everything together. So yeah. I'm, I can't wait to uh, check that out.
0: That will be a good one. Thanks again.
1: All right. Thank you. Have a good one.
0: Thank you so much for watching or listening to this episode of the Self-Publishing School Podcast. I know there's so many places that you can be spending your time. There's other podcasts that you can be listening to, YouTube channels that you can be watching. Uh, so thank you so much. It means the world. Now, I want you to do three things right now if you found this episode All right, number one, I don't know if you know this, but we've got a YouTube channel. It's a companion channel to this podcast. All the video versions of the episode are on the YouTube channel. So number one, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Number two, if you're listening to this podcast wherever, whether this is Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Number two, I want you to subscribe to this podcast right now so you don't miss a future episode. Uh, And then number three, this is probably the most important uh, leave a review on the podcast. All right, reviews are super important and help the podcast get discovered by other people. Uh, so number three, leave a review on the podcast. Thank you so much. I'll see you in the next episode. If you're on the fence about scheduling a publishing consultation call with my team, maybe you're not quite ready uh, for that, I've got some free training that I think will be really helpful for you. All right, all you have to do is go to register to sign up. Go to selfpublishing.com com forward slash free training. When you do, you're also going to get a free digital copy of my new book published and on that training, you're going to learn the next step. So how to implement with your book. So how to write, how to publish, how to launch successfully. So go to register right now at selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. I'll see you there.